0: She's a... Cast, episode 13 part two featuring Stan the man's
1: longevities. Now now, let, now let's flip it over on the other side. Yeah. What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge?
0: Ooh, this is a good question. I like this a okay, lot.
1: Let, okay, so knowing. See, man starves to know and learn. Knowledge is to grow and learn and know it and put it in our mind. But wisdom is to use it. That's the difference. Hey, you talk to people, they go, I know, I know. Well, you know what I say to them? You know, but you do nothing.
0: Yeah, show me that you know.
1: Hey. (laughs) Hey, uh, did, you, did you know that, that this and that? And yeah, I know, I know. So, but you did nothing.
0: Yeah,
1: it's like me saying, Did you know that you are naturally talented to be the number one rugby player in New Zealand? Did you know? I- I'm just saying,
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. The day, well, then why
1: aren't you doing it? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, uh, you know, wisdom. Is to utilize what we know. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's a waste of knowledge, bro.
0: Yeah, beautiful. It's, it's I love beautiful. it. I love it. Yeah. So wisdom is the application of knowledge, and knowledge is just knowing. You know, I think that's you do these are these are golden nuggets right here. Well, absolutely. Hey,
1: I, I, I know I know a lot of people, I'm sure we know a lot of people that know a lot, but they did nothing. Mm. They built a reputation on knowing a lot, but they did nothing. That's when the other challenge comes in. Well, show me your fruit. Yeah. Show me your fruit of what you know. Now, again, we can dissect that. So what does it mean, bro? How do you define success? When you say fruit, what do you mean? How do you define success? See, this is another topic that we can dissect. Mm. Does it mean that I have to have an empire of dirt that I own to be successful? No. I need to have a bank full of money? No. I'm just saying, how do you define success? This right. is one of the topics again. You gotta put things in perspective, see.
0: Yeah.
1: Hey, hey, you might say, you know something? I don't have this, but I don't wanna overlook this. Mm. The problem is that a lot of us we overlook the blessings that we have. Hey, we focus on the things that we don't have. Hey, we take for granted a lot of things, like I started off at the beginning of our talk. Yep. Hey, I'm grateful. Hey, I never married Steve. I think that was a calling for me for quite some time back. You know, I I never married, but what I want to say, not focus on that, I'm saying that I played a role as a father figure to a lot of kids over 30, 40 kids, fatherless, you know what I mean? Where I was a part-time father for some kid that that doesn't have a father. I'm just saying because I knew I was blessed to have a wonderful dad and a mum. So what I'm saying is sometimes these topics, you've got to be sensitive about them because, you know, someone's listening and they're going, well, you're lucky, bro. You had a good mum and dad. Mm. Yeah, I know. But all I'm saying is, bro, don't let a bad season, don't let a bad season be what defines your whole life. Mm. Maria and I with our company Standard Man Group, we do a lot of projects with prisoners, there's a program that we're doing at the moment with a prison and I'm trying to again transform their mindset and say listen this is a season it's a season there's been others that have come before you gone through this season but they've gone on to do something extraordinary in their life Mm. it's just a season so all I'm saying is, life is full of seasons. And you know if I can encourage your audience by saying, listen, don't let a shitty day make you feel like you have a shitty life.
0: Yeah. You know, we're
1: going through a bad, a challenging period right now. We're going through a bad, challenging period. And let me tell you something. Things may even get worse. <laughs> Things may even get worse where people, hey, I'm not pointing the finger at you, but some people might need to seek the God that I'm talking about. Because if things get worse in this world, hey, most people are going to say, well, God, we're going to hope there is a God. Because, hey, people blame God for all the bad things that occur. Let me tell you something. God made this world beautiful, but man destroyed it. Man destroyed it, and you can see how and why with everything that takes place. You know. So, again, the most important thing, Steve, in life is what you believe. This is the greatest tool that you say our creator has given us is our mind. The most important real estate, you'll like this one, the most important real estate you will ever own is this and what leases space up here. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying to you, people have all these New Year's resolutions and all these things yeah. You can't move forward with challenges. Uh, you can't, you can't over, overcome obstacles and challenges if you don't kill them in your mind first. You've got to kill those negative thoughts. This is the greatest tool we have.
0: Stan, the next question I want to ask you is what qualities and what attributes do you believe make a great fighter and... Who in the, the current combat sports world do you believe to date has those attributes?
1: Uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, I, 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 with today's fighters, uh, I'll try to think of some of the fighters if I can, but I, I'm not quite sure. Uh,
0: but what attributes and qualities would you say? Firstly,
1: yeah. Look, for me. This is what's important. If, if, if there's an individual out there that's listening right now who has a dream of doing something or yep. achieving some goals, you know, the most important thing is who's your mentor? Who's your coach? And this is a very important quality. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I'm talking about a quality where it's a partnership where you've got someone that loves you. You know, I, I had a coach that loved me. I had a coach that felt every shot that I took. Mm. And that's, they're the qualities a coach has to have. I'm just saying, because at the end of the day, this is a combat sport and it's potentially very dangerous. We should never ever, ever overlook that. It's a tough gig. It's a very tough gig. And that's why I I firstly don't take for granted how fortunate I am after 22 year career. I mean, uh, and some real battles and wars, and some of those battles were worse in the gym. I mean, some of the challenges and training sessions, sparring sessions that we used to have in the gym, would have audiences of people that would throw money. They would throw money in the ring and say, hey, here for your medical, medical damage, I'm just saying. So look, it's a tough gig. So when you're a fighter, and you know, you can have a plan and a strategy, but when you go out there, and you start to get the shit kicked out of you, you know when you come into that corner, you want to look at your coach in the eyes, because you want to listen to every word he says. I mean, that's what that's what battle is all about. You've got to have a good team of people that you trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the other thing too. Look, the, the combat sports, and we know boxing as you know a, a sport where you know we're like pieces of meat. You know, what I mean, it's like a cycle. You know, it's like yeah. a conveyor belt. Yeah. Today you're the main man, and then it, then it's somebody else. Yeah, I mean, people don't give a shit. Everything's about money. Everyone worries about money. All I'm saying is, you know, I don't encourage anybody to fight unless they fight for the right reasons. Mm. You know, sometimes I get a guy that comes up to me and goes, yes, Dan, I want to fight. I go, what do you want to fight? Oh, something on wars. how old are they? 34. Are you married? Yeah, I've got three kids. Why? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, you better give me a good reason why.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm just saying, there's no money, you You know, there's no money in it, really, or whatever. It's hard. It's a tough gig. Mm. People, you know, I'm just saying, there's. hey, you got to have a good reason to want to do what you want to do. And nothing's changed in that respect, Steve, because many, many, many years ago, I had a great job. My parents were proud of me. Back in the day when the industry, the IT industry was just starting to explode. Mm. I became a computer programmer, had a company car, going to work in a briefcase. My parents were proud of me, bro, and I gave it all up. I gave it all up because I wanted to chase my dream. The biggest court case I had to represent myself on why I wanted to do what I wanted to do was in the family. I had to convince my mum and dad My dad could not comprehend it. My dad was so proud that I was earning good money with his company and doing great, and he was so proud. And he said to me, he goes, you want to chase your dream with a sport? The way he put it was a sport that is bullshit. It's bullshit. (laughs) I'm just saying, because there was no profile in my sport. never heard about it in the media. There was no money, there was no heroes. There was nothing. And I said, but that's it, dad. I I want to be that.
0: I'm going to become that.
1: You know, I will create a path for others to follow. Mm. And that was fulfilled, Steve, because after all my years, 22 years in the game, I've received so many accolades, so many different acknowledgments and, and awards in different countries all over the world, keys to cities and this and that. But really, the greatest moment for me that surpassed anything was to be acknowledged and recognised by the most prestigious sporting accolade that can be bestowed on a sports person in Australia Mm. was the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. And to receive that accolade, and more importantly, what decorated it for me was, because my parents were going through some health issues, they were quite ill, but they were... Um, it was a wonderful to have their presence in that room, to be in such a huge room full of so many high-level, I mean, upper echelon like of, of sporting really? greatness. And, and to be able to receive that recognition in the presence of my parents kind of renewed my moment of greatness, of acknowledgement. So for me, it was the fulfilment of that first thought Yep. I shared many, many years
0: ago yeah.
1: about putting Australia on the map and et cetera, et cetera, and to be recognised for that was a very special moment for
0: me. And having your parents there as well, you know, going yeah. back yeah. to what you were saying before, where your dad was like, bullshit, you know, like, yeah. what are you doing? And then yeah, to, be, yeah. to fast forward to that moment, you know, yeah. what I mean, how did, how did that moment feel? Like, how did that moment feel when you're standing up there? Well,
1: you know, again, again, while I was up there and receiving my accolade, I actually, again, honoured my parents by saying, if I can just give my parents' perspective, because I know a lot of you out here are parents to some of the people that are acknowledged and honoured tonight, but I said, if I can give my parents' perspective, my parents waited by the phone, in all hours of the morning, depending where I was fighting around the world, because their son was not playing golf or basketball. yeah, He was in a gladiators arena fighting some big Godzilla, and they were waiting by the phone to hear if their son was okay. So I'm just saying to give that perspective on my parents was a little bit challenging for them as well, because don't forget that a lot of pessimism in the early stages, about Stan not being very big. I mean, I'm five foot ten, maybe yeah. five eleven, maybe five eleven on a good day.
0: I but, mean, you're, you're kind of like the Zambidis of the the heavyweight division. Yeah,
1: that's yeah, how it was. Yeah, that well, was ironic. It's ironic that you brought him up too, because that's a young fella that I I discovered. Uh, my brother and I did uh, something like seventy seminars in Europe and in Greece, and every seminar that we did in Greece. Instructors would bring me their students and say, I've got someone special, have a look. I've got someone special, have a look. And out of all the students we saw, and there was a lot of talented young blokes, but I actually picked up uh, Mike Zambides. Really? And uh, took him under my wing. I was the first guy. I was the one that uh, discovered him. I brought him to Australia. All his first early five, 12 fights.
0: Wow. It, cool. it, was,
1: it was with me for almost three years.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Dude, that's you know, and that's so interesting because if you look at it comparatively speaking, he was always going up against these giants, so you would have yeah. been the perfect coach for him, you know, like from a style perspective, experience, everything you would have been able yeah. to teach him so much, you know. That's that's so cool,
1: yeah. Now, he's a very talented fighter. If you look at his show reel of knockouts, you know, there's not too many that come much better than him, maybe other than the great, um, you know. Ramon Ramon Decker, you know, like if you right. Decker for me he's one of the great warriors, he's a warrior. <laughs> I remember some stupid journalist one time they interviewed uh, me and and Decker when he came out here to Australia, and they said, uh, they said, how do you uh, how do we how do we compare YouTube life? And and one guy said, Stan's a gentleman and Decker's a warrior, <laughs> and, and, and I was happy to acknowledge
0: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you had this finesse about you, the way you moved, the way you you fought. I mean, it's interesting for me looking at your style too, your stance. You almost had like a, a Thai-style high guard, you know, which I think is quite <laughs> common, you know, but to, especially for this area of the world, you know, and you look at the, a lot of the K1 fighters, their hands are more here, but you had this kind of like, Muay Thai yeah. style, if you will,
1: you know? No, not, not really. Uh, maybe towards the end a little bit. I think maybe towards... Because, again, that stint. I had a stint in Thailand. My, right, that okay. style. Yeah.
0: Was,
1: I mean, normally, normally like, mine my, was my boxing style. But, again, part of that was maybe because I was a bit lazy at times. And because I'm small, yeah. I could very easily get kicked in the head. Right. Evidently, as you saw from mm. Mike Bernardo, I was yeah. the same. But because I, yeah. look, I, I had a training camp. Look, again, I'm saying this, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. During my peak was before K1 was born. But mm-hmm. during my peak, there was a, you know, Stan the Man was the brand. After I beat Alexio, there was a lot of public demand for me. I was at my peak. <coughs> Kancho issue wanted me in the K1 but then another opportunity came that if you look at my history and my, my fight career and record, um, there was no world heavyweight champion in Muay Thai. Uh, number one contender, I think, back if I recall correctly, uh, number one contender was Peter Arts, maybe Ernesto Hoos, and some other names that would drop off. And I was ranked number four, I think, and some other names. But the biggest promoter back then in 1996, maybe, yeah, 96, was a a promoter, and the Thai people will know, his name was Ratanasuban. He was was the biggest promoter in Thailand, Mm -hmm. and he came and saw me fight and took a liking to me, and he thought, this is the guy that I need to help me market Muay Thai in the Western world. So, because the title was vacant, he made me fight, and this is me being totally honest and transparent, he fought, he made me fight, not my, or Peter, uh, Peter Arts or, or, or Ernesto Hoos or any other great fighters from the K1. He wanted me to fight. And I fought a guy named... Who did I fight? From uh, England. A fighter from England. I forget his name. Jeez, I can't even think of his name right now. But I fought a guy from England. I think he was ranked number 10 or 12. Okay. But, but the truth was... Ratanasuban, the promoter, he wanted me to win the fight.
0: Right.
1: No, it wasn't a fixed fight. But yep. he, put, he put me against someone he was sure I was going to win.
0: Right.
1: He could have said, "Yeah, Stan, you're going to fight Arts. I, you know, Whoever it was, I would fight whoever it was. But he made me fight this other kid. I can't think of his name right now. I ended up winning the fight and I became the world champion. That's the fight I lost to against Andy Hugg later. If you right. watch the fight,
0: I lost to Andy. Is that, was that a Muay Thai fight?
1: It was a Muay Thai fight. Wow. It was a multi No, I'm not a Muay Thai fighter, to be honest with you. Hey, let me <laughs> tell you something. Hey, that's A1 why I'm, I'm sharing, I'm sharing with you very transparent <laughs> things now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like you. I like you. I like you, Stephen. I'm sharing with you some really important sort of transparent things. But what I'll tell you what happened. Uh I fought Andy Hug. It was full Mai Thai. Some people thought when I fought Andy, some people said they wrote on a post, oh, Dirty Fighting by Sandy to, He's trying to hit him with an elbow. But elbows were allowed. <laughs> because it was full Muay Thai rule. Yeah, now, me yeah. and Andy, me and Andy are not Muay Thai, full yeah. on Muay Thai fighters, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah, throw yeah. elbows. Hey bro, I'm a kickboxer. Yeah, I never claimed to be a Muay Thai fighter mm. or love it. Cool, I mean, hey, I did it because it was uh, an option. Uh, uh, you know, they paid me whatever, it was an option. And it was, again, part of my legacy to become the WMTC World Heavyweight Champion. I ended up fighting Andy Hub, and I got beat by Andy. Now, let me tell you the story. If you watch this fight again with me and Andy, the full version, and you'll understand where I'm coming from. And again, may he rest his soul, because we lost Andy to another wonderful, great champion, a legend. A great, yeah. But I always say this, you know, and I said it back then, even at the time. When, and, and, and again, when you fight on that circuit, bro, it's like the tennis circuit. You know, sometimes it's not uncommon for you to win one, win one, lose one. Mm. Win, lose one. Because it was challenging, good fighters. Anybody at any time could knock somebody out. Yeah. And you, you saw that firsthand with, with Bob Sapp, with Ernesto Hoos, for right.
0: example. yeah,
1: yeah. All I'm saying to your viewers, bro, all I'm saying to your viewers, at any day, anything could happen differently. On that night with me and Andy, you watched the video, I got wasted. But oh, I'm not making excuses. At any given day, things could be very, very different. Yeah. If you watch that fight again, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying to the audience, if you watch the fight with me and Andy mm-hmm. again, when we have that fight, bro, I land this shot on him, bam! I land this shot on him, and he kind of, you know, mm-hmm. he was a bit distraught, and he grabs me, And he bends me over the ropes. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Now, if you watch that properly, bro, he does it twice. It happens twice. Now, I was hurt. Now, looking back now with my coach and we recollected our thoughts and, and my coach said it was my fault. I should have got involved and I shouldn't have let you continue. Because, bro, you know, all that... You know how you said about my Muay <laughs>
0: Thai?
1: I freaking I trained eight weeks in Thailand. Wow. We had a bit of a, a training camp in Thailand with a good camp there. I trained for eight weeks there, bro. Rakana Nasuban, the promoter, come and watch me train. You know, they all love me. So all I'm saying, I'm not making excuses. All I'm saying is...
0: How did you find that training, though? Did you enjoy it?
1: No, it was all enjoyable and great. But again, because I'm small, you, you said earlier... I put my hands up and went like that. That was the influence from the training camps of me training in Thailand. Mm Now, when I fought with Andy, and I hit him with that left hook, he grabs me and he bends me over the ropes. And if you watch the full version properly, that's not edited, because sometimes you see highlights that are edited with the interest interest of someone. I mean, I could show you knockouts of mine, uh, of me knocking people down, but I might have lost the fight, you know what I mean?
0: Right, yeah, I got they, you, you. They
1: got show you. show reels. Yeah, if you, you look reels. at Andy, Andy's people, when they put a show reel together, they show all the good footage and, and and I got wasted. All I'm saying is, if you watch that fight again in a different perspective with what I've enlightened you with, yeah. if you watch me after he bends me over, hey bro, the fight turned from that moment onwards. I was never in the fight again. Now, why? I was in pain. But so because I didn't show uh, uh, hey it was a bad move on my behalf and with my coach because when he looked at me he goes you can kind of say I'm hurting my back is hurting but because of the pride listen carefully yeah pride hey I've got sat songsai songsai rathanasuban the
0: promoter in the audience oh one song chai yeah
1: yeah, 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 Songchai Ratanashuban. He's the promoter yeah. I'm talking about. Right, I got you. I couldn't, I you. I, I couldn't think of his first name. Yeah. Ratanashuban Songchai yeah, yeah. is his first name. <laughs> All right. Songchai. So, this is gospel suit, Steve. Yeah. Gospel. Because he's in the audience, and I've got this pride, bro, this Greek Hellenic. Hey, bro, I trained hard for this fight. You know, I'm, I'm not a guy that's going to quit. And, and because Andy Hug, if you recall this and if you watch the whole show, you'll see I'm not lying, Andy Hug and I were the main event. Right. The fight. The fight before me and Andy was Mike Bernardo, Peter Arts. Wow. That's the fight in the first round. Listen to me, listen to me. I promise you, you're going to sound like I'm making excuses, but it all makes sense and I'm, I'm being gospel, bro. As a matter of fact, I'm not lying. Mike Bernardo fights Peter Arts. They fight in the first round and Peter Arts kicks Mike Bernardo's in the groin and the fight is over.
0: Uh, like
1: anti-climax in the first round.
0: God. Promoters okay? look nightmare. Promoters hey, look nightmare.
1: Mr. Ishii, the promoter's like, oh, man. Yeah. So listen to this. When I fight Andy, hey, bro, I'm not saying uh, you won't even believe me that if I said to you, but I had pride that when I was hurt, I wanted to continue to fight, bro. Mm. I trained like a a warrior. I know I can beat Andy. On any day, any given day, anything can happen. I know I can beat Andy. And I wanted to continue. But from that moment I would because it even crossed my mind, this is what a weird fighter I am. I'm thinking, this is gonna be bad because this fight ends now. What an anti-climax to the show. The two main fights were over. This is no bullshit, Steve, I'm telling the truth. And you know something? You know, after the fight, in the change rooms, we, there was a lot of witnesses, and I even saw it with my own eyes, but there were a lot of witnesses. Kancho Ishii grabbed Andy and slapped him. Andy? Andy. Wow. After the fight, after he beat me, after he knocked me out. Wow. Good on That's him. The gospel truth. Good on gospel him. Gospel truth. Here. I recall because... Mr. Ishi was happy that he won at the end, but what happened and what occurred, you know, it was almost like he looked at me like, he looked at me with this acknowledgement like, I owe you one, you know, like. Yeah. Because I could have I not continued, bro, let me say this. I could have been the wise, smart man, and if I had a better, smarter coach in the corner, because I went through this with my coach, I said, bro, you should have, son. He goes, I'm, it's my fault. This is what I said to you before about having a good cornerman. Yeah, My coach acknowledged that, hey, my boy was hurt and yeah. I should have not let him continue.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll give you an example. If you've ever seen the fight with Dennis Alexio and Branko Siketic, if you ever saw that, that fight...
0: fight like, I haven't seen it, no.
1: It ended up in a technical draw or no contest or something.
0: Mm. But
1: the moral to the story is when a fighter does something dirty, like Alexio hit him... When the when the referees said sort of break and he hit him and when he went down he tried to kick him and he did all this stuff and, and Branko was not hundred percent right. So his coach Tom Harrick, you heard of the name Tom Herrick?
0: No, I haven't heard of him, no.
1: Okay, Tom Herrick was the, the coach of uh, Mike, uh, Peter Arts and, and Branko Sigatic, the original, Chaka Chakoricki Jim okay. in Holland. Anyway, but what I'm saying to you is as a coach, he would not let Branko continue. That's a smart thing. Yeah. Because if looks you look at you look at your fighter, you look at him in the eyes, you go, Hey, hey, are you okay? Tell me the truth, are you okay? Oh, I'm seeing stars. Well, right. why would you let your boy go out and fight? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. I, I, I the saying. Yeah, you have to save your fighter. Because they have that <laughs> warrior's heart, especially if they're a high level fighter. they got to keep going. Most
1: fighters most fighters will go pride.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right, you
1: think you think I wanna say, hey, hey, I wanna quit. Mm. I wanna quit. Hey, it's the coach's
0: job to pull you out.
1: Hey, That's what I'm saying to you. Like, if my coach was on the ball, yeah. Hey, we would have got our 70 grand that I got for that fight. For example, let's say, I would have kept the belt and we'll do it again. I'm just saying, yeah. it's a learning process. So this is, again, I'm saying to you, with your fighters, professionalism, bro, a good corner. Yep. If you want to be professional, you need a good mentor. You need yep. a coach that cares about you. This mm-hmm. is a dangerous sport. A good yeah. coach is that one that if your fighter's getting hurt, you feel every shot. That's what sort of coach you want to have in the corner. Yeah. It's a tough gig.
0: I mean that move when he held your back, it looked like he, he snapped your spine over the rope. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm, crazy, I'm not trying to, <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, I'm not trying I'm not trying to I'm not trying to justify or make excuses. I got smacked after that. No problem. I love Andy, bro. Like yeah. I said, you know, he's no longer with us. I'm not trying to get some credibility, but that was a bad move. And you can see, you can see when he bent me over, how low it was, and how I mean, yeah. I'm not bullshitting. So I could sit down like other people, like Bob Sapp. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm the same, <laughs> but it's the Greek, it's it's the Greek pride, hey. You're hey, example. It's, it's the Hellenic blood, bro. I got to get up. I will not quit. Yeah. And but if you look at that. From that moment onwards, because it's all been spliced a little bit, from that moment onwards, I'm getting bashed. I was not the same. And that's what happens. I'm saying, hey, that's the fight game. Things happen sometimes. You're lucky. You get away with some things. Sometimes you're unlucky. Sometimes you get a bad decision. Sometimes there's corruption. It's the fight game. That's all part of it.
0: So, Stan, the next question I want to ask, how do you feel combat sports have evolved to this day. I mean, you know, we're seeing a lot of evolutions taking place around us. I mean, what's your take on everything that's happening nowadays?
1: Uh, look, I don't know. Look, the latest biggest thing and the latest extension <coughs> to, and again, I even, I even debate this sometimes with some people on different uh, programs, but is MMA the latest extension of martial arts? the question to you
0: I think I think it's moving in that direction I think uh it's bringing light a lot of light to to a lot of different martial arts and it's are you, highlighting are you a,
1: are you are you a big MMA fan
0: uh I'd say I'm more of a, a Muay Thai kickboxing fan but I I do yeah. watch MMA I do watch UFC yeah. you know I, I like I get into the events and stuff I'm a I'm a fan but I'm more of a yeah, weird yeah. If, if
1: there's a big fight, if there's a big fight on, there's a lot of talk about a big fight. Yeah, I might be interested to watch it. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Look,
0: yeah, definitely. I, I, I,
1: look, I think, I think what is starving in the MMA world, and you know, again, people have their perception on what they're going to think of my opinion. But look, it's starving of good characters, good role models, bro. I mean, look. Look at John Jones.
0: Right, yeah. Okay,
1: we talk about the talent. Yeah. I'm just saying, you see what I'm getting at?
0: Yeah, definitely. This is what
1: I'm talking about. I'll give you another example. I'll give you another example, bro. You know, I saw a fighter that fought and his mentor, I'm not, you know, without naming anyone, but all I'm saying is if I'm going to mentor somebody, again, it's all about attitude, bro. You can find someone else that doesn't mind. I'm this sort of guy. Yeah. If we get a chance to fight MMA, which it won't happen because I don't coach or train that, but if I had a chance to bring a fighter to have his first MMA fight on a big UFC show with Dana White and my boy wins and he gets on the mic, and excuse my language, I don't like to swear normally, but I'm gonna be totally, totally transparent. And my boy wins and he grabs the mic and he goes, do you fucking know who I am now? Mm. When we go backstage, (laughs) (laughs) When we go backstage I will say to my boy You talk shit like that again Pack your bags and piss off Mm. Because I will not tolerate that bro." I'm just saying You know for me For me Who enjoyed what you said 25% Of the undesirable fans Who enjoyed what you said Potential sponsors, yeah, there might be some crew that sell some shitty product that want characters like you. But all I'm saying is, for me, that's not the style of how I want things. But let me tell you something. Yeah. I told you before, I discovered Mike Zambidis. I brought him to Australia. His first twelve fights or fifteen fights, whatever they were, were through me. When I had enough of him because he didn't fulfil, he didn't fulfil my prerequisite. Interesting, eh? Mm. Hey, hey! Isn't that an interesting point?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Because he had amazing talent, but there was a characteristic that he had that didn't sit well with me. So I ended right. our relationship. I ended. He said to me, "Why? Why? What? What? I, I said, "No, because he was, and you know, he was unappreciative of a lot of things. He was just character, like I said, mm. character. Now, when he broke up with me, we finished. It showed." For me, what an amateur he was in many ways, bro, because when a fighter, all he wants to do is make money. Yeah. All he wants to do is make money, and he compromises corner people. Like, he'd have, he'd have five fights. He'd have five different trainers in all those five fights. Wow. That's, because his attitude was everything. You want to come with me to Japan? Come with me, but you're not getting paid. You're not getting paid. Because it's all about money. Wow. Hey, when he fought Wayne Parr in Melbourne, he fought Wayne Park in Melbourne. He had his team there. He got cut open. There's no Vaseline in the corner. No, no. Hey, is that a professional?
0: No.
1: You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. You, can't, hey, you can't cut corners, bro, mm. and try to proclaim you're a, you're a class act champion. I'm just saying. There's okay. a lot of different narratives. But when it comes to talent, he had amazing talent. Like I said, you look at his showreel, yeah. I don't despise. Hey. You know, we get on well. I, I don't go, you know, if I see my, I've got a problem. I forgive everybody and move forward. But what I'm saying is, if you look at his showreel, amazing talent. And I still get, I get joy watching him saying, hey, I recognized that yeah. talent before anybody. Yeah. So, you know, I look at the pros, not the cons. I don't yeah. look at the disappointment because then I've got rid of him for other reasons. You know what I'm saying?
0: You're a good I'll give example, you an example. You're a good example of someone that was able to build his name up and get to a really high level of international recognition without having to go down that trash-talking, you know, sweat, like just negative route, really. You didn't have to build your name through negative means. You were able to do it through a classy, positive... And it's your talent, too, that was able to get you that recognition, you know, and get you that 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 fame. Look, at
1: the end of the day... like. The- a lot of people say to me and I stand and I say enjoy watching you fight because I was I had a bit pain, whatever I paid, I paid for a VIP ticket because see it's one thing to be a, a, a great fighter but to be able to put bums on seats mm-hmm. you know there's got to be a bit of a, a bit of charisma there's got to be some element of you know as a product I mean I would come in with music that would really create an atmosphere I would come in with my style with my theatre, whatever it may be, with doing the splits and, you know, throwing the kick. Or, yeah. But there's a very fine line. I always say this, Steve. There's a very fine line where people watch you and they go, wow, oh, I love this guy. You know, he's carrying, oh, he's doing There's a fine line where you cross that line and you become cocky and then suddenly the audience says, oh, I want to see this prick get bashed. Right. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a it's very like a fine line.
0: Road. You're walking on the tightrope.
1: But uh, truly, I mean, yeah. to be able to be charismatic, you know, to the, to the point where people watching to go, wow, man, I'll pay anything to watch, Dan. He's such an awesome you know, theatre, you know? The music, the atmosphere, <coughs> all that, you know? He's all well and good, but like I said, there's a fine line because we've got great fighters here like Anthony Mundine, but when you cross the line, yeah then the audience want to see you get back a, a lot of five fans went to watch muhammad Ali because they wanted to see him get back
0: true 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 yeah i mean it's a it's very interesting i mean I don't know if you've heard of one championship, but one championship yeah. I would say is a good example of uh promotion that's being developed and built around the kind of like the i would say almost the opposite of u s c you know so they have their yeah. own monopoly because they they i mean they they're deep rooted in asian martial arts which you know as you're aware of has a huge amount of respect and honor and discipline and you know and there's a lot of um you know fighters from different disciplines like muay thai karate etc cetera, etc cetera, that come from that region so you know it it kind of takes away a lot of that um, negativity that you're referring to in in the MMA scene in, in the UFC. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so just some, just something to, you know to think of. I mean, I'm, I know I'm, you've probably had your own experiences and stuff, and you can, you know, tell me something. But it's all good.
1: <laughs> now, I, I haven't seen too much of the one championships. I know a very good old friend of mine, Michael Chevallo, who does the commentator You know, Michael. Oh Chiavello, yeah, yeah, sure?
0: Mike. Yep,
1: yep. Yeah, I go back a long, long, long way with Michael Chevallo. In fact, Michael Chevallo, the very first show he ever saw. Yep. was a show that I invited him to wow. was when, I fought Dennis, when I fought Dennis Alexio and I broke his leg.
0: <laughs> wow. That was the first
1: fight. Yeah. yeah. And, and his career started off from all there and he's doing great. He's a great, he's a great um, commentator. He's brought out his book. and He's doing very well. So that, that's the new big thing right now, one championship?
0: Yeah. That, I mean, for, I would say for striking sports. So one what cha- about Glory. 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 So, now all the, the big glory fighters, they're moving over to one championship. So, you really? look at all the… Uh,
1: are we going to see another one from, um, what's his name, Barahari and Nico, Rico?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. And the reason why is because I think Bada, his body is starting to fall apart now. You know, yeah. he's getting these injuries that, you know, if you're, if you're training properly and you're conditioned properly, they, they don't happen. But you know, I think it's he's relying on his talent and what he before his youth would allow him to get away with. Now that's that's kind of fading away. He's not able to kind of perform at that same level yeah, without the training maybe, and hard work.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe the the protein juice is not going to be able to help him.
0: <laughs> the protein juice, exactly. But if you look at one <laughs> championship, Stan, they're pulling in all the big top names of strikers from around the world. You know, you've got yeah. uh, Petrosian. I don't know if you've heard of him before. But I you, have, I have. I've got, him. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. You've got Petrosian. You've got Yodson Clay. You've got uh, John Wayne Parr, I think, now. You've got Jabba Askarov. You've got all these guys. Andy Sauer. You know, they're pulling in all the top names. And they've... Yeah, all- they're, 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 Andy Sauer's still going? He is. He is. He wow. he fought, He's still fighting on one. You know, yeah. it's crazy. John, it's I mean, like John, John yeah, exactly. Wayne Parr, yeah. They just don't
1: know when to call it. Let me say this, <laughs> Let me say this Steve, for what it's worth, I'll say this yeah. on your broadcast. For me, um, not including myself, but who, if you said to me, who is uh, another martial artist or con- combat fighter from Australia that you acknowledge as someone worth mentioning? And I would say to you, definitely, definitely John Wayne Park. <laughs> and I, I'm not just saying that because yeah. for me... He loves what he does mm. and he's done so much and he sacrificed so much. Mm. And the last time I even spoke to him, I said, you know something, for me, you've surpassed even what I've done because everything I've done, you've been able to do in your own way. Because I remember when he was young, you know, you gotta understand something. When he was young, he had pictures of me on his folders at school. That's how much <laughs> he was a big fan of mine. That's so when I fought in Thailand for that title, yes. he flew, six, 16 years of age, he flew to Thailand to train and watch me fight. Wow. So, awesome. Wayne Parr for me, you know, he has done everything. But you know what the biggest amazing thing about John Wayne Parr is? I gave up having a family, because I wanted my dream. Like I took off mm. chasing my dream. He achieved what he has achieved, and juggled a family of three or four kids that he's got. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable, bro. It's That's unbelievable.
0: Absolutely amazing. Now,
1: I'll say this. If you say to me, you and John Wayne Park get you on know, well, yeah, we always got on well. We, got, I mean, I had never had a problem with him until I brought Mike Zambides into the scene.
0: <laughs> well, those you two from frigging... Yeah, they had a great
1: trilogy, you know, but let yeah. me say this. I always loved Wayne Parr, bro. I always got on well. I'm so proud of his achievements. He's a wonderful guy. But, you know, at the time, I had my boy Zambides. Now, we had a press conference for... I'm not sure which one of the three fights they had, but we yeah. had a press conference. It might have been the first, maybe one. Um, and at the press conference, it, there was no interest, really, disappointing. There was no, you know, media or nothing. Mm. Pretty, Pretty sort of somber kind of atmosphere. So... To, to bring up a bit of hype and a bit of uh, you know, a bit of something that people could talk about when they walked out of there,
0: Yeah, I happen
1: to be standing next to Bob Jones, if that name rings a bell to you at all. Yeah, but yeah. A very well known. He's the guy that is, uh, you know, he's recognised as bringing kickboxing to Australia, so to speak, back in the day, many, many years ago. But a very well-known figure in the martial arts world and, and kickboxing back then. But anyway, he was standing next to me. And they finished the press conference, and I said to Bob, I said to Bob, hey, listen to what I'm going to say. Listen. And I go, look, I go, Zambi, I go, Wayne Parr, Wayne, I go, listen, I, I I believe that Mike's going to knock you out, and if he knocks you out, are you going to retire? And John Wayne Parr looked at me, <laughs> his eyes lit up, and I kind of tried to give him a wink, you know, like I'm trying, I'm trying, to,
0: right. I'm trying
1: to give him a wink. So, you know, he knows... I'm just trying to build up a bit of hype, bro, right, because a bit it's of good, hype, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. There's no one, it's a, it's a, like it looks like it was a funeral, you know what I'm saying? Right, like there was nothing. Yeah. And I thought when I said that, everyone turned around and looked at me, you
0: know?
1: Yeah. Everyone looked at me. Bob Jones, the guy that's standing next to me, goes, That's, that's uncharacteristic of you. And it was. <laughs> it's not it's not in my character to just you know have a go at somebody yeah. like that. Yeah. And and Wayne Power of all people. But when I sort of said it, I kind of at him. But I think it was very confronting for him. And he goes, What do you mean? I'm scheduled to fight three weeks after Mike Zambini's. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> And he got upset from that day. And I think from that day onwards, he always had a bit of a, oh. you know, yeah, I think he was a bit disappointed after that. Look, it's all good. Actually, today's his birthday. I even sent him a Facebook message oh. that, yeah, so, no, nah, look, I've got a lot of respect for, for Wayne Parr. He's, he's amazing. And to still be doing it, I mean, I'm freaking out. You know, would still be doing no. it. Yeah.
0: And even he stepped into boxing and he was able to beat Anthony Mundine. I mean, that's another... Yeah.
1: And that's another great thing because, you know, that poor kid, like I said to you, it's the same thing as me back in the day. You know, I was fighting... Hey, listen to this. I mean, I fought in Thailand. I became the world Muay Thai heavyweight champ. And at another, at another event that took place in the boxing show... Uh, They presented me with this award in front of 80,000 people where the King of Thailand gave me this award for becoming the world Muay Thai champion. And that wasn't newsworthy. In Australia, it wasn't newsworthy. So I understood, you know, for Wayne, all these years, you know, always wanted to get that acknowledgement. And he finally got some acknowledgement after beating up a washed-up Anthony Mundine. But people got to recognise who he is and all these accolades and achievements now, yep. after that win with Mundine, I'm saying that I—that's what I suffered back in those days. Here right. I am fighting around the world in front of big stadiums, but there was no newsworthy uh, information on the on the channels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fought in front of sixty thousand people in, in Japan, um, and they, no one talks about that—a great victory. Uh, but they write, or on the news, they'll talk about how heavy Shane Warne's poo was when he had a shit. You know
0: what I mean? <laughs> Ridiculous, eh? Ridiculous. No, I mean. <laughs> yeah. you ridiculous, eh? Anyway, so, but that's
1: why it was great, you know, to be inducted in the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that was a great, a great night. That was
0: great. Yeah. Um, Stan, the next thing I wanted to ask is just, um, how can people kind of stay connected with your journey? And I know that you uh, have this, uh, this group, Stan, the Man Group. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about that and and just about yeah. your journey now and how people can yes. kind of be connected with you.
1: Yeah, they can connect with us and through what we're doing, through Stand The Man Group, we're on LinkedIn as well. I mean, these are all the areas that Maria, with all her experience after many years, over 20 years of strategy and different things that she's been able to put programs together. With a lot of the philosophy of my experience and through my journey, what I've learned through different mentors, you know I mean? You know, again, like I say to you, it's all about personal development and constant growth. We yeah. are always growing, always growing. If you think you know it all, then it's time to die. I'm just saying, we are always growing, always learning. But through through our work, you know, we have the privilege to be able to uh, create customized products for individuals, and depending on the mission statements of companies. But again, it's like having a coach in house, or you know, coming to visit. And spending time with your staff it's important to have good morale i mean you've got to understand every company understands that every individual has a life before they come to work, yep. so you want to make sure that everyone again you know through the power of mindset they're able to be the best possible um, soldiers for, for your for your for your workers i 'm saying so we could do a lot of different projects that we do Maria does a lot of um, um, Corporate challenges that we do, various yep. things to break the monotony. But it's all again about personal development and growth
0: awesome. in
1: all those aspects that I shared with you today. There's a lot of different things that I shared with you today that all combine into the wisdom and knowledge and the programs that we share.
0: Wow. That's so cool, man. That's awesome. All mm-hmm. right, Stan. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute honor. And just Honestly, you've got a wealth of knowledge in that brain of yours and it's, it's been awesome, man. So I'm, I'm very honoured to have you on the show and it's been a great, great, great time for me to hear all your stories.
1: It's a wonderful way to be introduced to you. We'll make sure that we stay connected and in touch and uh, you know, hopefully with some good feedback from your viewers and listeners. And uh, let's uh, make sure we stay in touch and we do this again sometime in the near future.
0: For sure, for sure. 150% my man. Thank you so no much, man. Stan. Thank you. Yeah, God, God bless you, bro. Bye. God bless you, too. And thank you, Maria. Maria. Maria please, come please, here, Maria. Setting up this, this uh, Maria, beautiful interview. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, how long have we been going? Maria's been rolling her eyes. For <laughs> yeah. A little while
0: now. A little while now. Did yeah, yeah. yeah. you, i not tell you. Thanks, Stan. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what did she say? What did she say? Stan <laughs> <laughs> won't shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now you yeah. understand is, me, yeah? This is Maria, so uh, <laughs> so everyone can say hi to her. Hi Maria, so hey, darling, to say, you? thank you very much for for uh, setting this up. Um, this is the, the lovely lady behind Stan the man. So uh, thank you so much Maria for, for making this happen. Oh, thanks sweetheart and regards to everybody. Stay safe and we'll speak to you soon. <laughs> All right guys, <laughs> over and out. Hey guys, Steve here. If you like the content, please don't forget to press like And subscribe to stay up to date with the most recent episodes. I'll see you guys on the next one.